Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. I have prized myself on never once quoting from the Lord of the Rings in any of my preaches. There was a time where um, quotes from Tolkien's amazing novels were the source of many, many preachers, but I've always kind of resisted the urge until today. There's this great scene in Lord of the Rings. Um, you may have seen the movies or read the books where Gandalf is speaking to Frodo Baggins and Gandalf says this, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. It's true, isn't it? We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have 168 hours in a week. What's the best way to use the time that God has given us? Now, I don't think Jesus has left us guessing um, what the answer is to that question. Um, last week, I started talking about some of the things that Jesus said at the end of Matthew's gospel, and I want to kind of continue that message today. In Matthew 28, verse 19, Jesus said this, one of the last things he said to his disciples, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. In Jesus' day, the idea of a disciple was very common. It would refer to um, someone who would actively and, and deliberately imitate the life of a teacher so that they may become like him. So when Jesus said to his followers that they were to go and make disciples, he was commissioning them to go and help other people to know Jesus in the way that their lives have been transformed by him. They were now to go and introduce others to him and they were to encourage them and teach them to imitate Jesus, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus had commanded. And this still is Jesus's plan to bring transformation to a world that is full of pain and brokenness. If, if you're watching this at home and you're a follower of Jesus, if you, if you love and you follow Jesus, then you are included in this call to make disciples. This is for you. You may want to say at home, I'm a disciple maker. Thank you, Josh. You are a disciple maker. That's absolutely right. Maybe um, you are not a follower of Jesus. You've tuned into church online. You're exploring Christianity. Maybe you're just curious or you're thinking about doing the Alpha course. Well, I hope to explain today some of what it means to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus's plan is it's brilliant in its simplicity. People who know Jesus help other people know Jesus, who will then help other people to know Jesus. And it's also brilliant in its inclusivity. You, you don't have to have a theological degree to make disciples. You don't have to be a pastor on a staff team of a church to make disciples. The first followers of Jesus were just ordinary guys whose lives had been turned upside down by this amazing man and now they were living their lives to introduce others to him. So I want to talk today about this great commission again to go and make disciples. I want to talk about how it can become a kind of priority in our lives. Personally I think this is like top of Jesus's priority list for his church. I wholeheartedly believe that Jesus is looking for churches who will radically fulfill this commission to go into all the world and make disciples. And, you know, I know there are loads of people in our church that are already doing this, leading life groups, 
um, serving our young people and children, getting together one-on-one -on -one with others to encourage them in their walk with Jesus. It's fantastic. But I also know this, I know it can be too easy, especially if we've been around church for a while, it can become too easy to forget how important and how central and how urgent this great commission is. Maybe we've become too familiar with it and we lose the sense of urgency that it demands. I know that can happen because even as a pastor, I can get busy doing loads of different things and I can distract, get distracted from what, what is most important to Jesus, I think, which is that we may fulfill this great commission to go and make disciples. Now, Jesus wasn't being cryptic when he said these words. Uh, I don't think he was speaking in riddles or being all mysterious. Um, he didn't see these words, say these words so that we could write amazing songs about the Great Commission or make them into fridge magnets and, and put them on our fridges. Um, I, I think he said these words with the intention that we all live them out. It's interesting, Matthew 28 verse 19 to 20 may be some of the most familiar words in the Bible to many Christians. Uh, many followers of Jesus would have memorized these words, but Jesus didn't intend for us to simply memorize his words. He said these things so that our lives would be transformed and that we would find ourselves caught up in the purposes of God in our generation. Imagine if I said to one of my kids, if I said to Levi, hey Levi, um, listen, you're, I've seen your room's a mess. Can you go and tidy your room for me? Imagine he comes downstairs a couple of hours later and says, hey dad, I remembered what you said. I'd be, I'd be like, what do you mean? You remembered what I said? I, I memorized it. Go and tidy your room. And I'd be like, well, that's great, Levi, but, but have you tidied your room? No, no, but I have studied what you've said. I've taken a lot of time to think through the implications of it. I'd be like, it's great, Levi, but yeah, I'd kind of like you to tidy your room. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but I'm just going to wait because next Tuesday I'm gathering some friends together and we're going to study what you said and we're going to look at the grammar and everything else and we're going to talk about all the ways, all the implications of what it might mean for us to tidy our bedrooms. I think you'd think that was crazy and a, a little bit dysfunctional, but it's funny how sometimes we do that with the words of Jesus. We can become very good at memorizing what he said. We can spend a lot of our time studying what he said, yet we're not always so quick to actually make it a priority to do what he said. In John 14, Jesus says this, If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. Jesus says that our love for him will be expressed in obedience to him. Worship and obedience are like, two sides of the same coin so when Jesus said go and make disciples he didn't mean it theoretically um, he was calling them to make some decisions about what they were going to prioritize in their lives what they were going to do with their time and I think Jesus is still calling us as his disciples to do the same so I think it's good to stop and just ask ourselves some questions a little bit about the great commission maybe like do a a great commission, M-O-T. Is this great invitation to go and make, a disciples, make disciples, is it a priority for us? Is it impacting the decisions that we're making on a daily basis? Are we living in such a way that it demonstrates that we're taking this great commission seriously? I mean, has the call to make disciples drop down like our priority list or even the church's priority list 
Let me just explain a couple of concerns I have. Why I think the Great Commission kind of might have kind of dropped down our list of priorities a little bit. And I kind of express these like things just as like a warning sign, a bit like a klaxon going off. So it's just me like holding up an alarm and saying we need to beware. louder than I was thinking actually we need to be aware of these things just so we're careful because Jesus has called us to great things the first concern is this have we actually lost sight of what Jesus has called to us to when he's called us to follow him maybe it's just the busyness of life maybe it's just distractions but we can forget what it is that Jesus has called us to Jesus said these words in Mark chapter 8 if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. You know, and Jesus is clear. There's a cost to following him. Now, now, wouldn't it be tragic if we kind of set the bar so low when we invite people to follow Jesus? That we don't communicate that actually if you, if you say yes to Jesus, there's going to be a cost. It would be tragic if, if we kind of communicated a gospel that doesn't speak of the cost of discipleship. Maybe you're wondering what it means to know and follow Jesus. I, I want to be clear with you, it's amazing. It's utterly transformed my life. I, I have a peace and a hope in God that can only come from knowing him. I know what it is to be forgiven by God. Jesus has made it possible for me to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. It's just unbelievable. He welcomes us. He loves us. He empowers us. My life has been transformed. But Jesus also asks us to lay down our lives for him in response to his love for us. There's a cost to being a disciple. It's real. Jesus never said, follow me and you'll accomplish all your dreams and you can continue with your life just as it was. He, he never said to that. He said, follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, make a daily choice to, to live for me, not for yourself, to follow my example in laying down your life for me and for others. So we don't say yes to Jesus to make our life easier, we say yes to Jesus because he's God and because he loves us and because he died for us and he calls us into a life of truly knowing what eternal life is. So to follow Jesus is to commit our whole lives to him. Maybe sometimes we water down what it means to be a disciple. Maybe we've lost sight of the call to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Maybe that's one of the reasons this kind of priority of making disciples drops down the list. Our second concern is this. I'm going to do it one more time. I'll try and point it away from the mic. Second alarm warning is this. Maybe we've just made it too easy to become passive as followers of Jesus. And I, I hinted at this last week. Maybe even our church structures have actually encouraged people or even allow people to just get a little bit passive when Jesus doesn't call us to passivity he calls us to change the world have we made it too easy just to rock up at church sing some songs maybe attend a prayer meeting occasionally but no one's ever kind of asking us or provoking us or encouraging us or helping us to do the very thing that Jesus called us to do which is to go and make disciples and now with with church online man it's even easier isn't it 
I mean, we don't even have to rock up at church. We can just be at home. We can be in our PJs. We can fast forward through the bits of the service we don't want to engage with. I want to just kind of sound a massive klaxon warning for us this, today. I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. But a massive kind of warning sign is so easy. It's probably never been easier than right now to become a spectator as a church. But I want to sound a warning about that because you are not saved to be a spectator. You are not called by Jesus to be passive. You are saved to be a disciple who makes disciples who makes disciples. You are saved to be a vehicle by which the kingdom of God could come into every place that we go. You are not saved to spectate, but to bring transformation through the name of Jesus. He's called you to make disciples. So we need to be aware of passivity. We need to be aware of these things because without being aware of them, this urgent call to make disciples can just drop down the list a little bit. But I'll tell you what, there's one thing. There is one thing that will fuel our motivation to get involved in the Great Commission. There's one thing that will mean we don't even have to think about it. It will just be the overflow of our lives. And, And that's it. That's love. Love for God love for people like I can do my best job to encourage you today I I can share some concerns I can do my best motivational speech I can try and kind of whip you up into a disciple making frenzy but none of that works because guilt is never a motivator we we shouldn't do anything because of obligation because we think we ought to no no what will help you to burn with a passion and a zeal for going and making disciples is love for God and love for people, when we consider what Jesus has done for us, when we consider who he is, when we consider that he came and gave up the glory of heaven for us, when we consider that he became obedient to death, even death on a cross for our sake, when we consider that by him we are healed and forgiven, when we consider all that he has done for us, when we consider the eternal hope that he has won for us, when we fill our minds with the gospel again, The overflow of that surely must be love and adoration for Jesus. And as he said, if we love him, we'll obey his commands. When we love him, it'll be the natural response of our lives to tell others. Uh, The Bible encourages, uh, encourages us, do not forsake your first love. And I know these last six months, they've been tough. You know, we, we haven't been able to worship together. We haven't been able to regularly meet together. And all those things are important. And it can be come easy for like our passion and our zeal for Jesus just to burn a bit dimmer and dimmer like we've lost that sense of the first love and I want to kind of encourage you today Jesus is still utterly committed to you Jesus is utterly for you he loves you he's still got great plans for you and I want to pray for you today that you may come back to Jesus and say oh God Will you kind of reignite in me this love and this passion and this zeal for you? Because everything we do flows out of our love for Jesus and our love for people. If we really understood this gospel and all of its glory, of course, if we love people, we'd want to share it with others and help other people to know Jesus more fully. Because, I mean, it's just such good news. I reckon if you're a Christian, I reckon 99% of Christians can point to someone in their life who helped them know what it meant to follow Jesus. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a youth worker, maybe it was a pastor and you heard a message, maybe it was a friend who answered your questions about Jesus, but most of us can probably think of someone who has helped us know what it means to follow Jesus. And I'm sure 
you, like me, are eternally grateful that God used those people and that those people were uh, obedient to this call so that we can know Jesus. Now just think of all the people in your life that God might have put in front of you that you might be able to encourage and help and introduce them to Jesus and help them know what it means to follow Jesus. So love is the great motivator, love for God and love for people. So what's, what's the next step? I've spent a couple of Sundays, a um, couple of services talking about what it means to make disciples. You might be there thinking, okay, I want to get involved. How, how do I do this? Where do I start? You're keen to get going. Maybe you feel a little bit reluctant. Maybe you feel a little bit underprepared for that or maybe not qualified for it. Where do you even start? Well, let me just encourage you today. Jesus never made it a condition that we have to progress through various levels of Christian education before we're ready to start the process of helping others to follow Jesus. In fact, Jesus said this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Jesus has already chosen you. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's already appointed you to bear fruit. He's already appointed you for this task. Now, none of us are far are the finished article. I'm far from the finished article. What I've found in my life, in my experience, it's when I'm most obedient to Jesus is when I find myself growing in my relationship with Jesus the most. Now, I don't know if we're ever ready for that, we just need to step out and follow him. I, I wasn't ready when I became a dad. I read loads of books about parenting, but nothing could fully prepare me for what it was to raise children until I started actually raising children. And still, I'm 19 years into that. I'm still learning a lot about what it means to be a dad. And in the same way, the best way to discover if you're ready to be a disciple maker is to say yes to Jesus and start on that process of helping others to know Jesus and follow Jesus. There's nothing like helping someone else in their relationship with God to provoke and fuel your own relationship with God. But let me make this super practical. I want to give you three ways you can apply these messages today um, to help you put these things into practice. The first thing is this, join a life group. Jesus made disciples in the context of community. He chose to invest his time in a small group. If you want to make disciples, one of the best things you can do is to say, yes, I will get involved in the smaller community. I, I will commit to it. I will find a way to be encouraged by others and to encourage them, a, a place where you can start to help others and be helped in what it means to follow Jesus. So first thing is, Join a life group. If you're interested, contact the office. The second thing is this. Maybe it's not for everyone, but it might be for you. Lead a life group. We've got loads of groups meeting on Zoom and some smaller groups are even able to meet in person. Well, at least when we recorded this message, they were able to meet in person. Um, but we need so many more groups. And Jesus did this. He went to some guys and he said, come follow me. Come spend time with me. And maybe the thing you could do in response to these messages is to find some people and say, look, why don't we get together regularly, whether that's on Zoom or whatever. Let's encourage one another. Let's read the Bible together. Let's spur one another on in following Jesus. Let's pray together. Now, we need loads more life groups and maybe you're interested in leading one get in touch with us we'd love a conversation and I know it might sound like I keep banging on about life groups and I am because I think one of the things that God is wanting to say to us in this season 
is that we've become so reliant on our big gatherings that we've lost the sense of the small that the Bible so clearly portrays for us. We've lost the importance of the one anothering, of teaching one another and loving one another and serving one another. And that may be this season where we are unable to meet in the big is because God wants to refocus our attention again on what it means to help one another follow Jesus. And one of the best contexts for that is life groups. The third thing you may want to do is this. You may want to get more training or to be more equipped to make disciples. And so we are going to be starting an online training course called Multiply. We're going to be starting, it's, it's like a leadership development tool. It's like a discipleship making um, program where it equips people to make disciples. And if you're listening to this and yeah, I want to do this. I want to get equipped and empowered and released to make disciples in and through our church. Then email the office, info at tkc.org.uk. Register your interest for this because we're going to be rolling it out this term, this program called Multiply, a program designed to help people make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples. Church, each one of us has to decide what to do with the time that we've been given. I think Jesus hasn't left us guessing. I think Jesus has given us a huge commission to make a priority in our lives. Go and make disciples of all nations. And I know there's loads of people who are already doing this at King's, but I don't want any one of us to miss out because I believe the best thing that we can do with our time is to walk in the will of God and follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Just imagine, just imagine every member of our church, young and old, equipped and empowered, ready and released to introduce people to Jesus and help others to imitate and to follow Jesus, to encourage people to play their part in following him. Just imagine the impact of that. And, and here's the amazing thing, and I'll finish with this. At, right at the end of the Great Commission, Jesus gives us a promise. He says this, And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This journey of going and making disciples of all nations, Jesus has promised he will never leave us. The great disciple maker is alongside us as we step out in this adventure of making disciples. Isn't that an amazing thing? We're not on our own. He's promised to be with us. Guys, let's get disciple making high up on our priority again in our lives and in a church. Let's see what Jesus might do as we fulfill this command to go and make disciples. Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.